This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, LS Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's Swindon Town. Well, yes, we're about to do it all over again. And after Swindon won on the weekend with a last pre-season friendly against Plymouth Argyle, Looking to start the season proper tomorrow with a reunion with an old friend up at Colchester. And here on the presser, as ever, to mull it over, it's, of course, from Total Sports Swindon, Joe Acklam. Welcome back, Joe. Hello, JR. Very happy to be back for another season. How are you doing? I'm very well. We had a good chat about Plymouth in your in your personal capacity um, on the weekend. But, of course, you know, lots lots passed through... Um, since we last spoken, a lot of things have uh, materialised and gone on. So we can have a little chat about how how the landscape of Swindon Town has changed today. Yeah, we've been through four different Swindon Advertiser live blogs since we last spoke. So <laughs> an incredibly long time in in the media world, certainly. But yeah, glad to be back on and now in my more professional capacity. And I'm obviously always very serious. Absolutely, very, very serious, particularly when, um, should we say, complimenting a uh, a fellow journalistic outlet there. I do wonder, I can, I, I'll try and pick your brains on this too. You're a local media man, the advertiser's a local media man, the guys at BBC Wiltshire are local media men. So how do all these uh, EFL bloggers get all of these scoops all the time? Um, well, if, 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 I, if I knew the answer to that, technically speaking, they wouldn't be the ones getting the scoops, I suppose. Um, it, it does feel like 
they just they just seem to be um in the know with with agents i'd imagine that's usually where you get it from because well obviously our sources are more likely to be club based and if someone from the club tells you something it's a lot harder to publish i think would be the easiest answer so obviously we kind of know these things i mean probably probably at the same time as everyone else in the swindon sphere but yeah they're they're they're, they're doing a good job of getting some of those although it does feel like um Ryan Ryan Whelan has been undermined quite a few times this summer by saying things were happening, and then, uh, in classic Swindon fashion, we decided to wait another four weeks to do anything. But he'll never be at Beaversbrook to face the music, will he? Like yourself was today. You went all the way down to the training ground. We very nearly, we very nearly conspired to actually have a live from recording, um, but I don't think the internet was going to allow that, was it? Yeah, well, there wasn't actually any inter- internet specifically in the room we did the press conference from. We had I was using Johnny Leefield's uh, Wi-Fi hotspot from his phone, and then they were also setting up a wedding at Be- Beversbrook today, so couldn't really go into the main part. So it would have been nice to have a sort of uh, our man in calm situation, but uh, unfortunately things didn't quite go that way. No, internet is a new thing over in Cannes anyway, so uh, we're all very excited about all the all the prospects that it will provide. But it was yourself and Michael Flynn. I assume he was quite punctual this time. You weren't waiting on him making a pastorate rummy on rye or having a coffee this time? No, I think the uh, the later start time of, one, of just past 1pm meant he was a lot more prompt straight into the room. Uh, slight uh, delay in the actual start of the live blog, I suppose, because... Uh, Something else had to come first. I'm sure we'll discuss that soonish. Um, but yeah, he was he was prompt in in fairly good form, I would say, for some some fun answers in there, some interesting tidbits. And uh, yeah, it was it was it's nice to not have to be sort of sat in in an Airbnb waiting around for half an hour. Now, something that my cousin has told me about Michael Flynn is that he has a, a interesting relationship with the media and maybe lets on a bit more. Um, than he perhaps should to local media, maybe a bit more loosely spoken. Um, did you find he was uh, quite informal with the tidbits that obviously you're on a bound not to reveal on here? Yeah, I, I would I would say that he kind of was. I think he's quickly learning that lesson a little bit, though. He said, I'm not sure if this is actually in the recording or not, but the first thing he said was after, obviously, the, the comments he made after Plymouth about free signings being likely on Monday... And then uh, every Swindon fan deciding that they were definitely going to be free transfers. And then they've sort of trickled out through the week rather than actually coming on the Monday. So um, I think he said he's learning about Swindon as a club and the way he's actually going to conduct himself possibly slightly differently um, to Newport and Walsall because uh, that, was, that was clearly something that everyone had taken as gospel and then uh, the transfers didn't happen. So I think he was he's, he's probably going to try and be a little bit more precise in his terminology and um, press conferences from now on, because he's he's learning about the rather rabid Swindon fan base quite quickly. Yes, yes. He should, probably should have learned that when he had a camera in his face when he was trying to catch uh, uh, 20 winks on a flight in the summer of just how vociferous this fan base can be. But, of course, new people in the door. That's the first, the first item on the agenda. We have got new signings. It did take a few live blogs that were perhaps speculatively started to get through. Um, we've got two through. First of all, um, it isn't uh, Lucius Vine who we talked about on the weekend. Um, it was none other than Jake Young of Bradford through the door. Yes, we were. I think 
trying to trying to work out what the vine situation was. That that will be, again be an answer we'll come to shortly. But um, it is Jake Young, the man who was in the stands alongside another of our new signings uh, at the Plymouth game. Um, you know, he's he's an interesting signing. I've been learning a bit about him. I contacted someone who covers Barrow to try and find a bit about him as a player, looking into his stats and things. Uh, that will be on the total site tomorrow. Um, uh, in time for game for game day, and um, yeah, he seems like an interesting prospect. He's he's a high energy, you know, high pressing type player, which I think is quite quickly becoming the obvious template for what Michael Flynn is looking for in his players. The way we saw him play against Plymouth, there was a there's a lot of work that's going to be done without the ball. So I think potentially that sort of lumbering thirty two year old target man might not be as firmly in Flynn's plans as you might possibly expect, but. Young, he's he's six foot one, so he's got a bit of size to him. He's but he's also very good with his feet. Um, anyone who's watched the clips of the Sheffield Wednesday game last season will will know that his goal record's not brilliant, but I think as a backup striker, he seems like a a pretty fine option. Seems quite well regarded at Bradford, with the insinuation being that uh, there was some some kind of issue or a meeting of minds with him and Mark Hughes, and I think a lot of Bradford fans were sorry to see him go, which definitely bodes well for us and he was kept company in hospitality last week was he not by a certain Mr Adoka Godwin Malife who was rumoured all week to be coming along and the insinuation being that uh, Marcel Lavinia would be going the other way and well yesterday afternoon bleeding into the evening that that all became true. Yes and it was it was no, no surprise again that the, the transfer actually did happen although we possibly thought it was off when, um, I forget who it was, the slightly rogue agent on Twitter uh, duped everyone early on Wednesday evening about saying what had been said at the Flynn event when he, when he when it wasn't said. But yeah, it was, it's, it's a, I mean, it seems like a very good signing. You don't go with Malif. He's, he's won League Two before. He's 23, but already played 100 times um, at this kind of level already. So he's he's got that good experience about him. He's he seems like the perfect right-sided centre-back for what Swindon are going to try and do this season. So it's it seems like a very good sign. He was, love, he was in lovely form when we spoke to him earlier as well. He seems pretty pretty um, ready to go for the season after what was quite an interesting summer for him. Um, contractually speaking, there aren't too many players in the situation he found himself. But yeah, it's also you know tinged with the sadness of seeing Marcel Lavinia go the other way because uh, he, was, he was clearly an incredibly talented player that Swindon for... Well, I think he had one fairly long-term injury and then the, the pretty irrepressible form of Romeo Hutton keeping him out of a regular spot in the team. And then um, we can dive to it now, Michael Flynn said today. that, um, And I think this is where the live blog sometimes falls down because I'm trying to type things everything as quick as possible. But um, Where I said, I think in the live blog, it, was, it says that Lavinia had sort of been angling for a move. The reading between the lines of what was actually said because I, I had to cut it for time, um, where he says Lavinia or someone around him. So it, it sounds like Lavinia was kind of open to a move, but to try and find a regular spot somewhere else. But I think his agent has possibly been pounding the tarmac a little bit more than than maybe Lavinia might have wanted potentially, and uh, that would be and that would be the one forcing through that particular move. And and he's he's off gone the other direction. But I think I think you'd have to say that Godwin Malifa is a better fit to. The way Swindon are going to play, certainly if Hutton stays at Swindon until the uh, at least the end of the window. 
Oh, not at least the end of it. I was taking this as the assurance that Hutton was going to stay because he's always seen the likely, uh, the likely replacement. And I guess, you know, on paper last year, you're thinking the ex-Tottenham Academy man or the, you know, guy whose last uh, outpost was Barrow. Uh, between the two, you, your smart money would have been on, on one. And there's not really been, you know, too much in terms of, you know, the actual quality that they can provide. Lavinia has been unlucky injury-wise, and I think the main motivation for him dropping down to uh, Swindon, because I don't think he was out of contract, I think he chose to uh, not renew and come down, was to get that, that game time. So, you know, if he's a he's an ideal fit one way, and uh, UGM or Dokes, as I think he likes to be called, we come on to later, is a better fit. Um I guess it makes sense. I just it just doesn't make us feel any stronger. And um, I was enthusiastic about Godwin Malife until that clip resurfaced of him doing that dreadful fake out to Johnny Williams. And I'm just not sure I can endorse this uh, this sort of shit house behaviour, Joe. Yeah, I, I know. Obviously, your your Welsh roots are probably playing into that. I actually went the other way. I saw that clip and was like, oh, I forgot about that entirely. I love it. Please do that for us. If if we do, if he doesn't do that at the at Gillingham this season to Johnny Williams again, I'll be incredibly annoyed because I thought it was brilliant. It was, it's We need that sort of Simeone vibe in the team and I don't think anyone else is necessarily going to do that. Maybe Blake Tracy. But if, if UGM can get in people's faces, start winding people up, then certainly if we're in a winning game, I don't think I necessarily want to see it if we're losing, but I'm all in. I love that kind of stuff. It is good to get, you know, get under the skin and unfortunately it's gone the wrong way for Khan a lot of times last season, but there, you know, there was one or two where he'd managed to uh, wind people up to get themselves booked or even get a double booking and a sending off. And I'm all for it. If it happens at Gillingham, I'll get you the done designs. How about that? <laughs> Thank you very much. I'd, I'd love that very much. Well, good, good. Yes. Yeah, so that's covers uh, new signings through the through the door. Um, and Flynn was super enthusiastic about uh, about those that are coming in. Did he give any indication about how transfers are going wider? Because, you know, that's still not three. What's what's holding everything up? Yeah, um, I, I, I'm pretty certain by the time this podcast actually goes out, the fight signing will be confirmed of um, Tariq Uakwa. Uh, but yeah, he's... But I think there's, there's the third one that should be is almost certainly done, will be done in time to play at Colchester. And there was there was a suggestion in my questions later on about the, one of the trialists he still seems to be um, keen on. I, I feel like I should be fine to say this. I saw Brooklyn Genesini at Beversbrook. So, you know, it's not like it's a enclosed location. I saw him in the car park. So I'd assume that would be him. But um, he said that obviously transfers throughout the summer have been rather rather frustrating pursuit. And uh, he'd quite like the the opportunity to put the phone down, but not quite yet. Um, he still, still sounded positive getting you know a, couple, a few more players in. He's definitely intent on doing that. He said his squad is probably seventy to seventy five percent of the way he wants it. He's trimmed out the players he didn't think would play very much, of which Lavinia was not one. But uh, he went because of the the deal to get Godwin Malife in. But uh, the rest of them, he says, are out at this point. Um, I think most people would would like Shade to be put into that group, but his injury might play into that one. And um, he, he wanted to get a few more faces in before the end of the window, but uh, and he he still remains pretty confident that that will happen. 
At least sounds, you know, fairly realistic or plausible. I think that we're probably all thinking 70, 75% ready and that it's it's that extra bolster, really. I've seen a lot, lot of discourse about how that, that starting 11 or the 11 that will start on Colchester would be more than good enough, but it's about having cover in those positions. I'm just hoping that Brooklyn Genesini doesn't have a sideline as a, a wedding caterer and is is fit and ready ready to go. Um, but have to get people registered by uh, by tomorrow. New signings coming through the door would have to be registered by Friday to play, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would have had to been registered by midday today. So before we'd even started, that would have had to happen for them to be involved tomorrow. So I think we'll still probably be seeing most likely at least Jackson Brown on the bench because of the, the depth is still very obviously not there. Right. Well. Okay. Yes. I imagine that might go through unless there's been there's been some severe uh, waving through. So that. Well. We'll see how close after five o'clock that I put this up and so whether you get into trouble or not. Of course, it'll be past five o'clock. Look, it's about quarter to five as we're recording this very pod now. Right. On to Colchester. It's going to be the return, of course, of Ben Garner um, in the opposition dugout. We've not seen him since he. Um, he left for Sunnier Climbs off to Charlton and reports of an incendiary comment where he thinks that he would actually quite like to win tomorrow. Imagine such a thing. An opposition manager wants to win their first home game of the season. I know, hard to stomach. Um, I know he's somebody who seems to really split uh, opinions on him. I'm, I don't mind. Garner, I thought he did a good job. Um, and, you know, he went for whatever reasons. We could all speculate forever. Um, but how was Flynn feeling going into into this first game and how was he sizing up Colchester? Yeah, I just first I want to say that I was completely outraged by Ben Garner's comments. I thought it was incredibly <laughs> disrespectful to say that he wanted to win a football match. I think you know, you, you've got to have a level of respect for the fans of your old team. I, I thought that was out of line. But um, on what Flynn said about Colchester, um, yeah, he, he obviously... It's not going to be any news that he commented that Garner likes his team to play a bit of football. But the interesting um, details in here, I thought he said it's quite a physical side that they've actually got at Colchester, particularly in defence and then in forward areas. So he highlighted a potential for um, some strong set plays, which is looking like it might actually be one of Swindon's specialities this season. But um, but uh, he was something he expects out of Colchester. Um, it would be nice to see because I don't remember Swindon scoring too many set pieces other than maybe that Dion Conroy header against Oldham uh, under Garner. But we'll see. Maybe that more physical team will help him to do that. Um, so he's, he's he's expecting a bit of a physical tussle in there, which uh, if you look at the Swindon midfield, we're probably not going to win um, in, in this side, as well as Colchester looking to get on the ball. But as is said in every single press conference when discussing the opposition team, uh, he wants Swindon to play on their own terms and try and uh, stick to their own style and show what they can do to Colchester because he uh, picked up that uh, he was quite actually quite happy to be going to the job serve this early in the season because it will be quite a good quite a good surface early on uh, at that ground and allow them to play the kind of style they want to. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and in terms of in terms of that squad mentality, how is that all? Coming together, going into that first game, does he feel like he's got a got a harmonious crew? 
I, I would say it does. He, uh, all the players so far have commented on that Goblin Milifa said that he felt like he'd known the players for years already. Um, and it was it was kind of the big the big onus that he was putting on on what what where Swindon's success would come from this season would be by you know, getting people all onto the same page and getting them all driving in the same direction as a as a together squad, which I imagine is a lot easier to do when you've got sixteen players. Swindon have fifteen, sixteen players, so you know that 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 sort of setting the standards, getting everyone. Doing those things, he picked out Charlie Austin in particular as a player. He'd been particularly impressed by in pre-season by uh, the way that he'd gone about his business and doing everything that Flynn and Hatswell really wanted from him, and is a is in a leadership capacity, um, and helping to drive the other players forwards on and off the pitch. Uh, so he, he's really big on on that team spirit. Although I'd be interested to see a manager who really didn't care about it. Well, speaking of success and speaking of you know budgets and being competitive is the word. And you know, before we've spoken, I believe there's been a interview on Talksport this afternoon with Charlie Austin saying that he's hoping for a top half finish. Um, I think this season seems to be from you know reading your live blog here that Michael Flynn is a bit averse as to uh, using the the p word liberally, shall we say? Yeah, he was not happy. Uh, he said, and I think it's kind of fair that he he said he wasn't going to um, discuss. He was essentially wasn't going to set expectations because every manager would say the same thing, which is a true, but also uh, means we can't tie it to anything, which is slightly disappointing. Because then, when we're doing not very great in uh, February, who are we supposed to yell at? Because he didn't promise his promotion. Um, he said it was. He was fairly, you know, reserved in what he wanted to actually say about <laughs> about um, that aspect. He he wasn't he wasn't getting into predictions at all. He just wanted to, you know, let's just get better every week, man. We'll just, we'll just try and prove and be the best as we can be, and then that will hopefully be enough. But he was he was not to be brought into tying himself to promotion, or whatever. So. uh uh, probably learned from Rob Angus already saying don't don't set any expectations because we're going to go underneath them. Yes, well, we did have expectations going into it and that has been the debate of the whole summer. I don't necessarily think, with the circumstances as they are, I'll just say it quickly here in the press and people can hold me to account to it if so, um, I don't necessarily think that admitting that it's going to be difficult to compete with big budgets and setting expectations accordingly is such a bad idea for Flynn's first year because a a competitive finish looking upwards, which is where I was pitching my 10th finish in my predictions last year, um, although, of course, it's been rebuilt ever and ever again, uh, it's not always a negative thing. Um, it seems like it's heresy to question um the promotion ambitions of of swindon but it also has to be what's you know what's achievable as well i it's just very hard to see and i don't think it's it's some kind of thought crime to think that it might not happen yeah i don't think that anyone really does think swindon are going to get promoted if you look at every single predictions we're kind of between 12th and 18th anywhere in that kind of range um, I don't think anyone, as I kind of said in the preview, league season preview I put out yesterday, anyone who's kind of not 
a devotee of the Clem era is, doesn't think there's much of a chance of promotion. Everyone who's not particularly like a doomsayer doesn't think we're going down. Um, but I, I kind of look at it from the perspective of if you go in saying we'll get promotion and you don't get promotion, um, then you'll get lambasted at the end of the season when you obviously aren't getting promotion. But if you go into the season and don't say that, as we learnt last summer, fans get annoyed that you're not setting the expectation at promotion. So you may, and then you get lambasted for that, and then lambasted for something you didn't say at the end when you don't get promoted. So you can either sort of get yelled at once or twice. Is 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 kind of the way I look at the way they might be thinking of it. I, I think rational people wouldn't expect promotion this season. It's very clear to see that at least five or six teams are back to the hilt in terms of finances. And Swindon aren't very much not one of those, but I I think it, not Swindon being in League Two and not going for a promotion does always seem to be quite a touchy subject with people. And I think it it will be I suppose to you know put the put the shoe on the other foot and to play devil's advocate if you're going into your opening fixtures with about fourteen fifteen registered full professionals that does give you a bit of wiggle room if not particularly much time to identify uh, where those weak spots are and get adequate cover in. But on to Colchester, of course, and uh, away from uh, apologies again for bringing up Ben Garner's incendiary thoughts on there. I'll come on to your questions to Michael Flynn. We touched on some of the trialist stuff and we'll have a listen to that again. But I think that you identified some key threats on the Colchester side. So should we have a listen and talk about it? Let's do it. Um, on Colchester, you mentioned sort of more physical players they've got. There's, there's some very talented young players there, like Junish and Maid, who's had Shantin, Trent, Noah Childers. What, what challenges do players like that pose to you? Well, they're very good players. You know, Junior, I'd be surprised if he sees the season out at Colchester, um, you know, or, or even this window. He's, he's a very, very exciting player, one that we need to be wary of tomorrow. Um, but yeah, you know, you've mentioned those two there, Ch- Childers as well. He's he's a danger on his day. But you know, they got experienced pros in Dallas and Hall. Hall's a, he's a man made. He's a big, big, aggressive centre back. Um, I liked him when he's at Port Vale as well. Um, so yeah, they've they've got some. Like I said, they can be physical. They're, they'll play as well. You know, they're they're good footballers as well. But you know, I'm just hoping they're not quite as as good at, at this moment in time and, and the, then we are. Simple as that. We've got to stick with our principles and we'll give it a go. For example, there's no point in us going long all day tomorrow against their back three because they'll win 90, 95% of all the aerial duels. So we've got to find a different way. Yeah, and then you said last week you hadn't made the decision yet. Where are you with the trials that you had throughout pre-season? Um, I've made decisions on a couple in, in terms of, you know, they're, they're no longer here. Um, it's, there's one that possibly could be offered to me, but that'll all depend on, um, I would say, who else gets involved. <laughs> Let's say that. It's all for me. Thank you, Michael. Okay, yes, you've marked out Noah Chilvers and Junior Chimedu. I thought Junior Chimedu was getting a lot of interest from championship clubs, so, um, I mean, he'll still be there by Saturday by all accounts, but. Yes, these these could be threats. You're saying. Yeah, it's it's my duty to bring up Bath City whenever possible. Noah Childers is, of course, a former Roman, um, 
and so I had to I had to get him in there somewhere. But he's also an incredibly talented player who was on the athletics list of ones to watch in the league in the league, in the football league this season. So uh, he is he's not someone I'm bringing up for no reason. And of course, I mean I've heard that Chimedu Colchester rejected a million pound offer from Stoke for. So that's the kind of player we're coming up against, and there's a reasonable chance that we're the only side in League Two that has to play against him this season. That such is the kind of you know he's the reigning young player of this season at this level. He's an incredibly talented wing back, and he's definitely someone someone who Swindon going to have to be looking out for in this game um, because of what he can do at both ends of the field. I think he scored five or six goals last season, as well as getting five or six assists. So he's he's clearly someone who's is going to be a huge threat in this game from Colchester, as is Childers, who enjoyed a really strong spell, particularly under Garner, in the latter part of last season. Yes, well, that will be that will be. Well, I'm not surprised that they held out from that offer from Stoke. You've seen those Bet three six five profits they post every year. Good gravy, that is some serious money pinging around there. Okay, so yes, there's some. Some things to look forward. We should point out as well before before I get on to the player guest of the day that the presser happening this afternoon at one o'clock is not an indication that um, they're not travelling overnight. This was the last point of business before heading off, was it not? Yeah, I, we actually sort of talked about it before, but then we got into the press conference. So I just thought people keep, people have been asked about this. I'll, I'll put in the information. Um, we'd asked. Uh, I think we were talking about travel plans for the others um, who were going up to Colchester and what they were doing. And um, essentially we said that, uh, the plan is the players come in a bit later today, they train, and then they head off to Colchester this evening. So they are staying overnight. They will be over. They aren't travelling all the way to, to Essex on the day um, of the game. So those who thought that the cost-cutting was continuing, that's that's not the case. They They are staying overnight. It's very good. Um, it looks like the Tarika Wakwe news is being teased. So, do you want to talk about him a little bit before we uh, talk about the the guest player? Perfectly happy to. That was that was where we started. Where the, the reason for the gap in, of of a couple of minutes in between uh, Flynn arriving. Flynn's first answer was the fact that uh, Andrew Hawes asked about Tarika Wakwe first. Um, he he seems like a pretty decent addition. He, he is very much the LSE Andalo Mark II in the fact he played in seven different positions at Crew last season, which is pretty impressive. But he's, he supposedly wants to be a very attack-minded left wing back, and that was part of his motivation of rejecting Crew and instead coming to Swindon this summer. And he was seems incredibly up for doing for, for that aspect of his game. Um, I think Flynn said he had a, a wand of a left foot or something of that nature and he's he seems like a very strong addition i looked what's the news came through last night i looked to looked him up a bit because i'd not heard of him before um and he seems kind of a when in the time he was playing a bit of a, a wing back role he seems a bit of a hut and light in that he's um he's very high up the league league two for last season in terms of key passes crosses uh, assists and that kind of thing so he's a he's hopefully another really dangerous bombing on wide threat for Swindon because you can all you can always kind of see last season that uh, if we panicked the ball went to Hutton and that was it that's fairly easy to defend if you know where the threat's going to come from so by having a, a strong left-sided player as well that's very useful and just having a left-sided player would be useful because we did not have one until this lunchtime 
Yes, that is very useful. I mean, it ticks a lot of boxes for me. You've got ex-Elite Academy player, got about a season and a half worth of uh, EFL experience. You've got England youth caps, but what's an even bigger standout is actually measuring in at about six foot rather than being uh, about my height, which is about five foot six, which is the usual kind of profile of people that we sign. Okay, let's go on to the player guest. It's the person that everyone has been talking about, your new friend of mine. It was Dukes with, with uh, Udoku Godwin Malife. Um, was this a surprise to see him so so soon? Must have delighted everybody. Yeah, I think I think we were, I would I was expecting either him or Jake Young because um, you're usually going to get the new player in the door um, for the first one because we kind of want to speak to him. Um, and he was he was very nice. He came in and immediately. I'm pretty sure the first words he said were call me dokes um i imagine he's heard enough people say say enough different variations of his name uh, and he's very happy to just go by a nickname but um he'd also clarified that the correct pronunciation is yudoka godwin malife uh so any other variation is not what he said it is so i think we should probably stick with that but if you're confused just go with dokes he seemed pretty happy Okay, we can, we can go with that. I'll I'll trust him on pronouncing his, his own name. Now he had a contract offer from Forest Green, didn't he? But um, I'm not sure what's his what's his preseason been like. Has he been training with the view to maybe signing one, or has he been keeping himself fit? Um, he's he's been off on his own all summer. It's a bit it's it's an interesting situation as I mentioned before. In that, um, obviously he's he's 22 years old and. Because he's out of contract, he can he's free to leave. But also, Forest Green are entitled to a Bosman fee for him um, because he's a younger player that's come through there. Um, and it, by the sounds of it, I think from what Michael Flynn said, Forest Green were kind of asking for a bit of an unrealistic fee for him, which made it quite difficult for him to get a new club um, over the summer. So he's he's kind of had to <laughs> find his own motivational summer, get get through, keep himself fit. Um, and then when Swindon came in, he said he was, was incredibly happy to make that move because Michael Flynn, despite having never been managed by him, is is someone that he's he's known for quite a while, knows quite a lot about. Um, Flynn told an anecdote of after Newport beat Forest Green in the playoff semi-finals a few years ago, he he had he was talking to Goldwyn Malief about how much of a good player he was. Um, he nearly signed for Walsall last January as well, so a bit like Murphy Mahoney, this is someone that. Flynn has had his eye on for a while and is, and sounds like both parties were very keen to get it done when it became an option. Yeah, that's always a good a good endorsement. Yes, it seems like he's come not just on, on Flynn's recommendation, but his buoyant enthusiasm. So he's obviously uh, their um, mutual admirers of one another, which is good to know. Um, but what did he think about previous visits to the county ground or previous visits from Swindon to uh, Nailsworth? Uh, he's, uh, everyone kind of says that Swindon's an intimidating place to play, which is a bit weird because we always seem to be quite bad at home. Um, but he, he said that you know the, the fans and the way that they, that they get behind the team and the way that Swindon like to play was, is always something that he's, has attracted him as, as a player. He's quite excited to play in front of quite a big crowd. I think I think if you play for Forest Green for a few years, having uh, sort of nine to 10,000 gates, probably quite an exciting proposition. Um, and, you know, he, he, and it's potentially his sort of um, relationship he does have with Flynn. He was 
it was a system that he always thought would suit him well and 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 something he wanted to be part of. So he, he seemed very happy to be in Swindon, which you know, if, if you're in Swindon, is not always the case. Well, it depends on where you go. A bit of laser quest might be quite fun, um, but he seems to be you know very happy in with the group and had, as you said earlier, lots of positive things to say about about the collective, even in the short time that he's known everybody. Yeah, that um that collective that Flynn was talking about sounds like it's going really rather well so far. Uh, I don't think he knew any of the players before, um, which is not the case for Wacker because he played with McEachran and Kemp before, but um, Godwin Malife, I doesn't, don't think he knows any of the players too well, but he said that they were all incredibly welcoming to him and he feels like they, they know each other incredibly well now already. So no, it's it's a it's a very good sign that he's he's getting on with the players and that's gonna help them and he said he's very excited to try and make some memories with them. That's very good to hear. And what would he say his own uh, his own assessment of his best attributes are? Uh, he was very, very keen to make sure that we knew that he was a powerful runner. That was that was key. He felt he was he was a powerful player. He was energetic, um, and he you know he, he liked he was also you know in a very modest way. He said he was he likes getting on the ball and getting forwards, but also um, perfectly happy to get stuck in the challenge and headers and stuff like that. So, um, you know, quite a good all round option really, especially with the way Swindon looked like they're going to play with some. Um, with some quite aggressive outside centre backs in a sort of Sheffield United type way, and marking man to man, he he seems like a his own assessment himself makes him sound pretty perfect. Yeah, and in terms of, I know that he's young, but he's actually somebody who's coming with a bit of um, experience, isn't he? Yeah, he's played almost uh, over a hundred times um, already. Um, uh, already in his career in League Two, so he's he's very very much experienced um, at this level, and obviously a little bit in League One as well. In last season, when Forest Green had their solo season at the higher level, um, so he's he feels like even as a leader already, despite being only twenty three, he does have quite a lot to offer in that regard. Because he, you know, I, I think I calculated that our midfield prior to the arrival of Kinsella had a combined about one hundred and fifty appearances. And uh, Goldwyn Malifa has that pretty much on his own already. Yeah, and you got an opportunity to ask him a couple of questions. So shall we have a little listen and we'll reflect on those after? Let's do it. Um, you said that promotion, is that very much the aim for this season? Because Flynn wasn't uh, really putting his uh, flag on the mast or anything with those predictions. I mean, yeah, um, you don't want to put too much pressure on yourself, um, of course. And you don't want to uh, jump the gun and get too big for boots early on. But I, I, I think I'd be allowed to say that that wasn't wasn't the end goal. Like I've come here and I've, I, I want I want to win. I've had that small taste of promotion before, and anyone else that's been promoted will tell you that it's it's one of the best it's one of the best days um, in the footballing career. It's it's an accolade, it's an achievement, and yeah, I, of course I, I, that is of course a goal in the back of my head. I won't scream into the top of my lungs every single day, but it's in the back of my head. And of course, it's, it's, it's a long-term goal for for myself. And I'm pretty sure it's a long-term goal for all the lads here as well. What was it like here at the summer? Obviously, you were out of contract, but Forest Green kind of could decide your fate in a way with, with the yeah. Osman ruling. What was that like as an experience and 
dealing with clubs? Uh, tough. I'll be honest, tough. But I understand the footballing side of it and I understand the business side of it. And I respect it at the end of the day. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've gone past that stage now. I'm a Swindon Town player and I'm, I'm really delighted to be here and I just want to look forward now. Okay, firstly, on that point there about the about the summer and kind of being uh, on the out and having to look after yourself, it does seem like a strange situation, um, you know, for somebody of his profile. Uh, I know that there's been, you know, a bit of a bit of discord up at Forest Green, a lot of change around, but it's surprising to hear that. But very ambitious person. If if Michael Flynn is is afraid to uh, use the the promotion word, then it's certainly had a lasting effect on him, hasn't it? Yeah, he he definitely feels that this this team, which is, I mean, he knows them already. He said he'd been in on Monday, so um, he definitely feels like he's um, he's ready to this this team can get promoted. He's done it before, and was it seems incredibly keen to get that that feeling back again, which makes an awful lot of sense because it, it is quite fun getting promoted in my in my memory. Yes, it definitely helps there'll be some familial uh, friends out there with him. Now, let's move on quickly to predictions for tomorrow. I don't think there's lots to really pour over because, you know, the season uh, is upon us. The prep is done and... Uh, what will be will be. I almost feel like I've see, I can see the first half of this playing out perfectly because I know that Garner will do the ploddy ploddy, retain possession, feel it out like he did so many times with us. What kind of score are we going to predict this week? In a sort of not as in as little negative way as possible. I honestly don't see a way in which we um, sign in which we actually. Um, win this game. Uh, we're awful at Colchester. I've been, I've, I've given us the biggest chance possible. I've been deciding not to go because I was at the last two, <laughs> and after after the game on New Year's Day uh, this year, I I was like, I'm not going. I'm not coming back here. It, it won't happen. Um, so I've given us that opportunity to to get something done. But I I just honestly, even though Swindon's Swindon's record is actually quite good. On the opening day, I I just don't see a way in which Swindon win because even though I'm quite positive about the way Swindon can try and play, I think the plan is quite fun. I I feel like this is almost a guaranteed loss. I'm going to say two one to Colchester. Yeah, it's not even a fun place to go when Swindon win because I've been to a FA Cup game in the Decanio era at Colchester and I can't say that it was uh, a rocking good time. It was a lovely time in Colchester. Um, but the actual game itself and the ground is not the uh, the most exciting place. And yet they always seem to manage to do the business against us. It's quite infuriating. Um, I think I'm going to go for a similar thing, but I think maybe we might let three slip in. How about that? I'm going to go for a 3-1. Very positive first game, day of the season predictions from the pair of us. Love to see it. Well, it'll give us the perfect bite back for going into the first round of the Carabao Cup or whatever it's called this year. Is it Carabao this year? On Tuesday. So Pretty sure it's still Carabao, yeah. Yeah, our first cup run will start from there. This will give us the firepower that we need. Joe, thank you so much for hopping onto the presser and we'll speak um, early next week. Looking forward to it, JR. See you soon. Try the box to Good run by him and now Mashko!
The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of The Presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. <laughs> that will do. That will do. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.